Welcome to Sound Prince Audio Magazine, a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Sound Prince is underwritten by the American Printing House for the Blind and the Louisville Downtown Lions Club. I'm Carla Rushevel. I'm your host for this week's magazine. This is Sound Prince for the week of July 16, 2017. This week's Sound Prince is jam-packed with news and information, so let's get right to it. David Trott is the new treasurer of the American Council of the Blind. He's from Talladega, Alabama, and we give you a chance to meet him on page two. David will also be the ACB representative at this year's KCB convention coming up the weekend of November 17 and 18 here in Louisville. Do you have the Kindle app on your iPhone or an Amazon Echo dot or tap or maybe a Fire tablet or some other Alexa device? If so, you can select from millions of books and read, read, read. At the July 14 roundabout, we briefly reviewed a cookbook downloaded into the Kindle app, and Braille and electronic copies of some of the recipes were available for anyone who wanted to take them home. We chose this book and these recipes because they're so easy and quick to make, almost no cooking skills needed. Check it out on page 3, and then begin exploring Amazon's huge library of books for yourself. There's three items on page 4. Remember how disappointed we all were last year when we thought the number of hours of audio description on TV were going to be increased and then the FCC didn't get it done? There's some great news for all TV fans in the first article. Then there's news about a new iPhone app that can help identify cans and boxes and other things with barcodes. It can read short text too. It's easy to use and it's free. And finally, there's news about how sounds in nature will change during the upcoming total solar eclipse in August. And on page 5 is the Sound Prince calendar. Page 2. David Trott is the new treasurer of ACB, just elected to this position this past convention in Reno. And we're speaking with him now to let some of our listeners meet him for the first time, because we do have a lot of new listeners at this point. And also to have those of you who have heard David talk in the past to get to know him a little better. So welcome, David. Thank you for having me. David, let's um, let's begin by you just telling the Sound Prince listeners out there just a little bit about yourself and your background and um, how you kind of got to the position of wanting to be ACB treasurer. Okay, I'm twice retired. I was in the vending program for about 30 years, and I retired and came to work for the Alabama Institute for Deaf and Blind and the Industries for the Blind as their services development coordinator, which entailed putting together programs that blind people historically haven't worked in. We wanted to get away from winding brooms and sewing and get into more uh, high-tech things such as call centers, medical transcription, um, document management, and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that time, along about 2003, uh, we had a lady resign from the ACB board and I took her place for a partial term, and it seems like I've been there ever since then, even though I took about a year off (laughs) between because you could only serve two full terms. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was in the midst of my, I guess it would have been my third full term. I liked a year on it uh, when I was elected as treasurer this past year. Yeah. Okay, and 
Um, before you you um, got on the ACB board, tell us a little bit just about your your background. You know, you, your school and you went to the Alabama School for the Blind, right? I went to the Alabama School for the Blind, and then mm -hmm. I went to what we call E.H. Gentry, which is part of AIDB. It's their adult training program. Mm -hmm. That's where I got my uh, business enterprise program background. I also attended the ICS, International Correspondence School, and got my associate degree in business and accounting mm -hmm. uh, as a partial side job or whatever. I did taxes for about 11 years. Oh. And... Uh, it got to the point that, frankly, I just didn't. It was my that business got too big, but it wasn't as big as my vending business. So I decided, you know, that I just wasn't going to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. Just had to make a choice. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I've done uh, a lot of advocacy work, uh, accessible voting. Uh, matter of fact, come uh, Tuesday, I'll pick up a new voting machine. They want me and. Uh, to be over having the local people evaluate this machine. The lady called me during convention. She doesn't even know the name of it. We're currently using the Automark, mm -hmm. which uh, I was instrumental, along with Rhonda, to get that here back about 10 years ago now, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it, it's worked well for us. You know, I've done a lot of that uh, of course, we do a lot of work with the Institute as volunteers now that both of us are retired. Mm -hmm. And uh, essentially, when I retired, uh, I dedicated my life to some level of ACB. Mm -hmm. And how did you get into ACB in the first place? Uh, I moved to Gadsden to take a, a little grocery store type BEP operation and a housing project. And uh, Rhonda got me into ACB. This was in the uh, late 70s. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. My <laughs> echo went off. <laughs> um, you know, I've uh, been there ever since. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a good thing. And when was your first national convention? I went to one in 79, I think it was. And then I missed several years yeah. because... Uh, uh, you know, back in those days in the vending business, you just didn't make a lot of money, and I couldn't afford it. Mm -hmm. um, we started going back full-time in the 80s. I know we went to uh, Knoxville and to Los Angeles, mm -hmm. you know, and we, we really started then. I didn't really get active on the national level until about 2000, I think it was, the year we were in Des Moines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 2001. Well, that was that was good though. That that was always a good thing. And uh, of course, we had a convention there in Birmingham in 2004, and y'all were, you know, you all were really uh, active in that. Of course, since we since ACB came to you, and uh, that's one thing about ACB moving around to different to different locations for the convention. It it gives a chance for people in different areas to to kind of meet ACB, and we've, um, we, I think ACB has benefited from that a lot over the years as, as it's kind of given many different people a chance to get used to, get to see the convention and see what, uh, 
see what ACB is all about. So, okay, so now as treasurer, um, you can be in that position for three two-year terms, and um, we would make the assumption that you hopefully will will want to do that. Uh, there's no assurance. Sometimes people are in for all three terms, and sometimes they they aren't most of the time. However, in that treasurer's position, they have been. But um, tell us, tell us. Um, you and I have been on the board together uh, quite a bit over the years, and we're both kind of conservative. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, what what would you hope to see come about with ACB in the next two to six years? One of my main objectives uh, would be an endowment. Mm -hmm. uh, now that we're to a balanced budget, which right. you and I fought for for so many years. <laughs> Boy, <laughs> no. Uh, Sometimes did you ever think it would happen? <laughs> no, I, I didn't. And and. One of the things people don't like to hear me say, but uh, you know me, I'm, I've never shied away from that. Right. Uh, we we lived off bequest. I know. And I want to see us move those bequests into an endowment to benefit us now. Uh, will we be able to move them all? Absolutely not. Uh, yeah. You know, income is suggestive. Uh, it's always going to depend on the economy and, and various uh, and sundry other things that you you have to deal with. Right. But I would like to see as much of it as possible go into an endowment mm -hmm. because feeling the way that I do and, and that you do about ACB, uh, we would like for it to be able to continue. And I think that one part of the discussion related to the endowment, and I, I really like using that, term and moving to the endowment idea with uh, the bequests and money that's, that comes in from that type of, of support. Um, it, it's different from what we've done in the past because in the past we've had a reserve and we, we've had a policy for a long time that says that if a bequest is over $75,000 that the um, the amount over that goes into the reserve. But that's different than the endowment. Uh, the reserve is when things get tough, you can pull money out of a reserve. Right. Or uh, it sometimes, it, you know, when, when, when it's been really rough, and there have been a few really tough years, we've even voted as the board to um, to not put that uh, all of the money over 75,000 into the reserve because we flat out needed it to operate sometimes but with the endowment um, you can't just decide you're going to pull some money out to cover the expenses that you have next month and so it's it's more of a permanent way that money can continue to benefit ACB and I think it's a wonderful opportunity for us. So I really hope that, that yeah, the board and, and does that. We're going to have to walk way. a tightrope because yes, we're we going are. to have to protect our board reserve yes. because we're still going to have those liens. Well we need those reserves. And, we, this uh, endowment we need in addition to that reserve. Right. 
Yeah. Uh, the endowment will help us, though, with grants, I think, to a point. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll see that, that we're looking to our future. Yes. Um, I want to see us come up with some major projects uh, that we won't necessarily put out and start doing until we get the money, mm-hmm. but that we have the guidelines in place in our forum and start attracting larger grants because right now, you know, we're we're looking at grants. Uh, if you set aside the money that that uh, Chase has given us, mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at grants from five to twenty thousand dollars, which are great, and I don't want to ever see us get away from those. Right. But I want to see some project grants, fifty to a hundred thousand dollars, and they're not out of reach. No, no, but you but you need to have that's at a different level. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That that is at a different level, and then also in looking ahead, um, ACB, it, we are hopeful that we'll be able to expand the the staff, and that will be part of those project, uh, part of the project uh, concept as as it moves along because the two go hand in hand. If you're if you're going to do additional projects, additional major projects, uh, for example. The audio description project is an is an example of a major project, a major area that is ongoing from year to year, does much good work, um, an enormous amount of good work, and if if you're going to add if we're going to add some big things like that, ACB radio is another. Um, you have to have that ongoing support and commitment before you get out there and set that up because. Uh, otherwise, it, it it could throw you into a big, into a, 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 a an unhealthy position. Uh, well, either that, or it could it could put you into a failing position where the project fails. That's right. That could really benefit a lot of people. We don't right. want to put the excitement out there <laughs> and not be able to fund it. That's right. Uh, at no time, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, something that we want to be sure we've got in place. Yes. Yep. That's another, true. Another area that I want to work on. And, frankly, I'm putting out the call for help. (laughs) Uh, We have a lot of rural areas in this country. Yes, we do. (laughs) We're not attracting members from those rural areas. Mm -hmm. And we've taken the approach of what ACB does for you. Uh, But I want to find a way to involve these people because if you commit to something and you're able to contribute, uh, we're going to have a far more productive member and somebody that's liable to be uh, have a lot more longevity than somebody that uh, is going to get a cable box they're going to get anyway mm-hmm. you know and and uh, not not to downplay that that was a great thing that we've done uh, had a lot of work with us you know and, and we've got mm-hmm. a lot of other great projects mm-hmm. but people are benefiting from those whether they're members of ACB or not well that's true but but I think that one thing I like about what ACB has done and and continues to do is that we have we have taken we have taken the approach that um, you know that that we're we're working on projects that can touch every single person and it doesn't matter where those people live or where they or their income level, um, or whatever. It, it, you know, it doesn't matter 
how tall or short, um, how how thin or fat, you know, um, you know how how much money you have, whatever. Some of the many of the things that ACB does touch everybody, and and I think that's a good thing. But then also, uh, you know, coming from Kentucky, of course, which is very rural too, just like a lot of other states. Um, I, th- I think you're right. We do need there 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 needs to be um, things that people need to feel that they too are needed, that they too have something that they can can help with um, for the, that helps others. Well, and, and, and if that happens, we're yes. going to grow, and the things that touches everybody's life that we do increase is in, is going to increase. That's right. And uh, that's right. You know, we we've got a lot of great things going on. Our work with Amazon. Oh, oh we uh, do. I know yeah. that people have seen the video, uh, the descriptive video emails that's went out, mm-hmm. uh, and you heard the presentation from all the the people that. Uh, I mean, we had a who's who oh, of technology this year, and that, it's just great. That uh, that was like a parade of technology. It was it was a parade of of how technology is changing and will change blind people's lives. It is it was an amazing lineup of people and um and uh just just some of the things that were uh that that were described from that podium at the convention were absolutely incredible. And the thing is, they are here. It's not some pipe dream. Right. And, you know, I know you never take your treasurer's hat off. No. And you know as well as every one of those people that spoke to us gave us money. That's right. And and, uh, and didn't and we're not just throwing it, you know, to say, oh, here it is. Um, you know, our partnerships with them have made so much difference because it's not just, okay, well, here's some money. It's okay, ACB, help us to find what is, what, what, we'll, what we can do to make our products more accessible. And, and it's, each of those is a partnership, and, and that is so significant. It's, it's just such a change. If you look back even seven or eight years, there was some of that uh, going on, but this is just an amazing step forward that that uh, that was uh, included in the ACB convention this year. Well, and, and then you take the app that just came out this week from Microsoft. Yes. Have you downloaded it? Uh, I have. <laughs> I hadn't had a chance to play with it much, but yep. uh, I, I put it out on our list, and mm-hmm. we're already getting an amazing amount of feedback on it. So, mm-hmm. This uh, app is... Um, what we're talking about, in case you as listeners out there haven't downloaded it, we're we're gonna have another little bit on it here in the uh, in in this sound prints. It's called the Seeing AI app, and it's for the iPhone. Hopefully, they'll come out with an Android version soon, and it will read things in a couple of different ways. And its barcode reader is really quick. Um, there's a few little issues with it yet that they need to uh, 
need to work on, I think, I think, from having had a barcode reader before. But, you know, they're asking for feedback, and I've sent my feedback, um, both with some positives and some things that maybe are a little to-do list. So, um, oh, yeah, it's it's wonderful. We we played with it in our low vision group and also in our roundabout last night, our chapter, chapter activity, and uh, it, it's just really cool. So, so well, David, I'm just, I really am pleased that you're the new treasurer. Um, I can't think of a person that I would rather have in that position after I termed out this year. And uh, so congratulations on being elected to the board, and I know you're going to do an absolutely fantastic job. Well, I appreciate it, and you certainly will be missed. I know that... Uh... <laughs> That was one of the questions I was asked at one of the uh, caucuses, uh, mm-hmm. why you weren't running. And I said, well, she turned out or I wouldn't be running. She's a friend of mine. So. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a choice. In ACB, the officers can serve three consecutive two-year terms, and then it's time for someone else to fill that office. And I was elected in 2011, and therefore my six years were up this July, and so just really glad you were there to step up and run for the office, and uh, I know you're going to do a great job. Well, I appreciate it, and I'd be remiss if I didn't tell people my email address is my name, David Trot, no dots, no spaces, at charter.net, and uh, my contact information, of course, will be in the back of the Braille forum. You need to read that anyway, but uh, <laughs> if you want to contact me about anything, you know, I'm, I'm here Mm-hmm. And I'm open, so feel free to contact me. Good. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Good luck. All right. Thanks for having me. Page three. The discussion times at the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind roundabouts can be on just about any topic. And this last Friday, July 14, the topic was food. We actually had two activities. First, we took a look at some recipes from a book that I had found on the Kindle app. It is entitled Dump Dinners, the absolute best dump dinners cookbook with 75 amazingly easy recipes, and it's from Rockridge Press. We're going to share a couple of recipes from this book with you here on Soundprints because they are just so easy that anybody can cook them. The other activity that we participated in on July 14 was cooking hamburgers on the Cuisinart grill, which is similar to a George Foreman grill. And everybody had the opportunity to prepare their own hamburgers for dinner. Most of the people were able to take a turn at cooking hamburgers and found out how easy it is to cook them on a grill and not have to turn them over. We'll be doing some additional cooking activities in the future, so if you're in the Louisville area and you would like to participate in these activities, be sure and give us a call at 895-4598 and come on over to Roundabout. Now, let's look at this book. It is called Dump Dinners, the absolute best dump dinners cookbook with 75 amazingly easy recipes. As I said, it's from Rockridge Press, And it is a book of very, very simple recipes arranged into several groups. 
There are dump dinners for crock pots, some that are made in a large pot on top of the stove, some that are made in skillets, some that are made in a traditional casserole in the oven, some in a sheet pan in the oven, and a couple of salads that don't even require cooking. This book was a Wall Street Journal and USA Today bestseller. The interesting thing about the book is that it's $12.99 in paperback. It was $2.99 on Kindle. And we have been talking about using the Kindle app for reading, so uh, we thought that this would be a good example of what's out there. The book jacket information says, Home-cooked meals have never been easier. Dump dinners are super easy. Tasty meals for fast-paced families. All you do is dump a few ready-made ingredients together, and voila, dinner is served. Getting a home-cooked meal on the table during a busy weeknight can be challenging, but the Absolute Best Dump Dinners Cookbook will show you how to make the most of pantry staples, pre-prepped fresh vegetables, and hidden gems in the frozen aisle to create comforting, delicious meals the whole family will love. Inside, you'll find 75 incredibly flavorful recipes, including one pot tomato basil pasta, chicken enchilada skillet, and bacon, potato, and cheddar frittata. Handy tips for prepping meals in advance and freezing so you can prep once and eat all week. Recommended ingredients to always keep on hand for when you need to toss something together quickly. 10 stunning salad recipes for when you're craving something fresh. This book has 140 pages, and we're going to check out a couple of the recipes. Attendees at the roundabout were able to take home five recipes with them in Braille or opt for email versions of the recipes. Here's a couple that you might enjoy. Chicken, broccoli, shells, and cheese. Serves for prep time 2 minutes, cooking time 10 minutes. One 40-ounce family-size frozen macaroni shells and cheese dinner thawed. 2 cups frozen broccoli. 2 cups diced cooked chicken. 1 10 and 3 fourths ounce can cream of chicken or cream of broccoli soup. 1 half cup milk. Add more if needed. 1 cup shredded mild cheddar cheese. First, dump all ingredients into a large pot set over medium heat. Stir gently to combine. Then, cook 5 to 10 minutes, stirring often to prevent it from sticking. Add more milk if it seems too dry. For variations, you can use any frozen macaroni and cheese dinner. You can substitute other condensed cream soups if you wish. If you really like it cheesy, use cheese soup. For a change, add 2 cups of diced ham or ground beef in place of the chicken. Make a crispy top by placing all the ingredients except the cheese in a casserole dish or flat baking dish. Cover with the cheese and bake in the oven at 375 degrees for about 20 minutes. Another recipe that we enjoy is quick Sunday pot roast. This also serves for the prep time is 5 minutes and the cooking time is 10 minutes. You will need one 15-ounce fully cooked 
pot roast, usually found in the meat or freezer aisle. Two 14 and a half ounce cans of sliced carrots drained. Two 14 and a half ounce cans of whole potatoes drained. One four ounce can of mushroom caps or pieces drained. One half cup red wine or beef broth. Salt and freshly ground pepper. First, dump the ingredients into a large heavy pot set over medium heat. Two, bring to a simmer and cover. Cook for about 10 minutes until pot roast is heated through and serve. For freezer instructions to make ahead, place the pot roast and gravy, carrots, potatoes, and mushrooms in a large freezer-safe bag. Seal, label, and freeze. To use this prepared meal, remove from the freezer the night before serving. Let thaw in the refrigerator. The next day, dump the ingredients into a large pot and set over medium heat. Add red wine, salt, and pepper. Bring to a simmer and cover. Cook for about 10 minutes or until roast is heated through. For a variation, use 1 fourth cup condensed onion soup and 1 fourth cup water instead of the red wine or beef broth. Reduce the salt or eliminate it completely as the onion soup is salty. The onion soup adds a richer flavor to the gravy. Another note is that if you prefer to cut the salt in the recipe, substitute frozen carrots and potatoes for the canned vegetables. Taco soup. 8 ounces of cooked ground beef, 1 8 ounce bag frozen mixed onions and peppers, 2 15 ounce cans ranch style beans undrained, 1 15 ounce can whole kernel corn drained, 2 10 ounce cans of tomatoes with green chilies, 1 4 cup chunky salsa, 1 tablespoon taco seasoning, 1 cup shredded cheddar cheese, 1 cup corn chips, 1 fourth cup sour cream. First, mix the ground beef, onions and peppers, beans, corn, tomatoes, salsa, and taco seasoning in a heavy kettle. Cook 5 to 10 minutes over medium heat until heated through. Add a little water if soup is too thick. Ladle into soup bowls and top each with 1 fourth cup cheese, 1 fourth cup corn chips, and 1 tablespoon sour cream. To freeze ahead, place the ground beef, onions and peppers, beans, corn, tomatoes, salsa, and taco seasoning in a large sealable freezer bag. Place cheese in a small sealable freezer bag, seal and place in the large bag. Seal the large bag, flatten, and freeze flat. To use, remove the meal from the freezer the night before using. Thaw in the refrigerator. Remove the small bag of cheese from the large bag and set aside. Pour the ingredients from the large bag into a large heavy pot. Cook and serve as directed. Skillet lasagna in a flash. Serves four. The prep time is five minutes. The cooking time is 15 minutes. You'll need one pound of cooked ground beef or Italian sausage, 
one 28-ounce can Italian-style diced tomatoes, one 12-ounce package frozen mixed onions and peppers, one and one-half cups chicken broth, one 8-ounce can tomato sauce, one tablespoon bottled minced garlic, two 9-ounce packages fresh cheese ravioli from the refrigerator section, 8 ounces of shredded mozzarella cheese, 1 half cup grated Parmesan cheese. First, dump the ground beef, tomatoes, onions and peppers, chicken broth, tomato sauce, minced garlic, and ravioli into a large heavy pot. Bring to a simmer over medium heat. Cook 15 minutes or until ravioli is tender and sauce is heated through. Remove from heat and stir in the cheeses and serve. For variations, you can use other refrigerated pastas in this recipe. Experiment with other shapes and fillings. Beef and chicken ravioli is good in this recipe. You can also use frozen ravioli, but you will need to simmer it in boiling water before adding it to the recipe. And finally, we have a smothered pork chops recipe. Serves four to six. The prep time is five minutes. The cooking time is eight hours. This is a crock pot recipe. Four four to six ounce boneless pork loin chops. One cup diced onion. One can condensed cream of mushroom soup. One four and a half ounce can of sliced mushrooms drained. One half cup beef broth. One half teaspoon smoked paprika. First, add chops, onion, soup, mushrooms, and broth and paprika to the slow cooker. Cook on low heat for eight hours. To freeze ahead, add everything but the broth into a freezer bag, seal, and freeze. Thaw the night before in the refrigerator. Place the ingredients from the bag in the slow cooker and cook on low for eight hours. For variations, pork roast, chicken breast, or chuck roast can be substituted for pork chops. Finally, please note that each of these recipes has serving tips and dessert ideas included in the book. They are not included here because of time considerations. Page 4, Around the Internet. The first item comes from Mark Reichert and is part of a post from July 12, 2017. We're going to include the part on Describe TV. For many months now, advocates have been impatiently waiting for the Federal Communications Commission, FCC, to act on a proposal to increase the number of hours of television that must be provided with video description, also known as audio description. Most recently, the FCC had indicated that on Thursday, July 13, commissioners would meet in public session to take up the question of whether to increase the current requirement of 50 hours per calendar quarter up to 87.5 hours per calendar quarter for each of the broadcast and non-broadcast networks covered by the FCC's rules. In a surprising move, 
all three of the sitting FCC commissioners signed off on the described TV increase privately on Tuesday, July 11, making the inclusion of the described TV matter on the July 13 public meeting unnecessary. While this relatively minor procedural change-up in no way detracts from the good news that significant increases in described TV are on the horizon, it is in keeping with the unexpected twists and turns that the proposal to increase the described TV has taken this past week to get to the home stretch. Last week, advocates were informed that lobbyists on behalf of cable television were urging the FCC to limit the application of any rule increasing the number of required hours of description for networks running substantial portions of repeat programming. These lobbyists argued that networks running as much repeat programming as they do would have a hard time identifying and describing a sufficient number of hours of first-run programming to comply with the FCC's rules. Advocates for people with vision loss were angered by these assertions because, regardless of whatever merits they may be to such assertions, these claims were being made at the proverbial 11th hour. Industry has known literally for years that the FCC could act to increase described TV in this way, and even when the FCC came very close to acting on a proposed description increase last November, cable TV lobbyists did not make these arguments a centerpiece of their concerns. In any event, FCC commissioners ultimately rejected much of the cable TV lobby's 11th hour demands, but did push the effective date for the increase back by an additional six months. The rules will take full effect in July of 2018, the date by which the array of the top five non-broadcasting networks that must comply with the requirements will be reassessed and announced. This reassessment could mean that one or more of the non-broadcast networks that must comply with the description rules today may be replaced by other non-broadcast networks and no longer enjoy the top five status that brings them under the legal obligation to provide description. The bottom line, however, is that advocates for described TV have prevailed and there will be a 75% increase in the number of required hours of described TV provided by the nation's leading broadcast and non-broadcast networks. ACB also issued a press release on this topic entitled, ACB Applauds FCC for Description Expansion. The press release appeared on July 13 and reads as follows. The American Council of the Blind applauds the Federal Communication Commission's recently adopted new rules increasing the number of hours of audio-described programming available on top-rated broadcast and cable networks. Advocating for Americans who are blind or visually impaired, ACB played an active role in the passage of the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act of 2010, CVAA, which paved the way for video-described programming. 
The American Council of the Blind is excited the FCC adopted new rules providing a 75% increase in the number of hours of audio-described programming available, said President Kim Charlson. Every day, the American Council of the Blind strives to increase the equality of opportunity for people who are blind or visually impaired, and access to audio-described programming gives those of us who are blind a chance to enjoy entertainment with sighted friends and colleagues. The new FCC rules, effective July 1, 2018, require audio-described programming be available from 6 a.m. to midnight, maintaining the 50 hours prime time and children's programming and adding 37.5 hours of additional audio-described content. The networks that must currently comply with this rule are ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC, Disney Channel, History, TBS, TNT, and USA. Audio description, also referred to as video description, provides spoken descriptions of on-screen action during pauses in dialogue, enhancing the viewing experience for individuals who are unable to see the screen or action taking place around them. We see this as a step forward for equal access, said ACB Executive Director Eric Bridges, and will continue to seek out new pathways forward for further expansion of audio description wherever possible. This next article was posted by Denny Huff on the Missouri list and also on the ACB leadership list. It comes from EclipseSoundscapes.org. And we thought you might find this a little different pace, but very interesting. During an eclipse, we gaze in amazement as day becomes night. But along with the striking visual effects, the soundscape of natural environments changes dramatically. The changes in the sounds of the eclipse are not only of interest to sociologists, birders, and naturalists, but will also give the blind and visually impaired an opportunity to experience this rare celestial event. The Eclipse Soundscapes project will use a specially designed app to allow citizen scientists to record environmental sounds before, during, and after the August 21, 2017 eclipse. These recordings will be shared across the world in order to give everyone the opportunity to experience the awe of a total solar eclipse. Our next article announces a new iPhone app called Seeing AI. Seeing AI app is now available in the iOS App Store, posted July 12, 2017. This comes from blogs.msdn.microsoft.com. Seeing AI, a free app that narrates the world around you, is available now to iOS customers in the United States, Canada, India, Hong Kong, New Zealand, and Singapore. Designed for the blind and low vision community, this ongoing research project harnesses the power of artificial intelligence to open up the visual world and describe nearby people, texts, and objects. 
I really do think this app will be a game changer for many, as it's just so simple to use, said Janine Stanley, who is legally blind and reviews apps and technology for main menu. The American Council of the Blind's tech radio show. The app uses artificial intelligence and the camera on your iPhone to perform a number of useful functions. It reads documents, including spoken hints, to capture all corners of a document so that you can capture the full page. It then recognizes the structure of the document, such as headings, paragraphs, and lists, allowing you to rapidly skip through the document using voiceover. It identifies a product based on its barcode. Move the phone's camera over the product. Beeps indicate how close the barcode is. The faster the beeps, the closer you are, until the full barcode is detected. It then snaps a photo and reads the name of the product. Recognizes people based on their face and providing a description of their visual appearance, such as their gender, facial expression, and other identifying characteristics. It recognizes images within other apps. Just tap Share and recognize with Seeing AI. Janine Stanley said she was blown away by the speed and ease of use of the app. One of her favorite features is the short text channel, which reads signs, labels, and other short snippets of text. That feature alone is worth the app, she said. It's also fast, almost instant. Because this is still a research project, there are some abilities that we consider experimental. One of those is the scene channel, which uses AI to describe the photo you capture so that you have a better idea of your surrounding environment. You can download the app from the App Store for iPhone in the six supported countries, with more being gradually added over time. Microsoft would like to hear what you think. Tell us how Microsoft technology is helping you experience the world in new ways. Their Twitter handle is at MS as in Sam, F as in Frog, T as in Tom, Enable, E-N-A-B-L-E. You can also provide feedback in the app, and Microsoft would love to hear how they can continue to improve the products and services through the Disability Answer Desk, now with ASL support, and the Accessibility User Voice Forum. APH offers the easy-to-use Wilson Digital Recorder version 6. Holds up to 12 hours of messages. Choose higher voice quality with less recording time or more recording time with lower voice quality. Now has the ability to check the number of saved messages. For the Wilson Digital Recorder, call the American Printing House for the Blind toll-free 800-223-1839 or visit shop.aph.org. Want to read digital talking books, download podcasts, and make superb recordings all while on the go? Now you can with APH's BookPort Plus. Its small size, quality recording, and unique capabilities make BookPort Plus an ideal replacement for earlier digital talking book players or inaccessible commercial recorders. 
Call the American Printing House for the Blind toll-free, 800-223-1839, or visit www.aph.org. Page 5, The Sound Prince Calendar. On July 21, the Statewide Rehabilitation Council of the Kentucky Office for the Blind will hold its next meeting at the McDowell Center from 9.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. The McDowell Center is located at 8412 Westport Road in Louisville. For more information, contact Jennifer Wright at 502-564-4754. Also on July 21, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will have its next roundabout. There will be education and technology beginning at 3.30, first aid for dogs, a clinic sponsored by the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana will take place from 4.30 to 6.30. Discussion time at 5 o'clock. Dinner, $5 per person at 6.30. Bingo, $2 per person. And crafts, 7.30 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Sign up by calling 502-895-4598. July 24, Guide Dog Users of Kentuckyana Membership Call. At 7 p.m. Eastern Time, at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On July 26, the Bluegrass Council of the Blind will hold a peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the Bluegrass Council Office, 1093 South Broadway in Lexington. For more information and to RSVP, call 859-259-1834. July 27 is the next Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision Support Group meeting in Louisville at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. A great opportunity for people who are just losing their vision to learn about resources and ways to cope with vision loss. For more information, call 502-895-4598. On July 28, the Greater Louisville Council of Blind will hold a roundabout. Education and technology beginning at 3.30. Discussion time at 5. Page turners, a chance to share books at 5.30. Dinner and a Tri-State Library Users Meeting at 6, $5 per person for dinner. And talent time, games and crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries, in Louisville, call 502-895-4598 to sign up. On July 29 is Bards and Storytellers at the American Printing House for the Blind, 1 to 3 p.m. Meet Mac and Bob, the first really successful country duo, now almost totally forgotten. Mac and Bob met at the Kentucky School for the Blind in 1915 and then embarked on a 35-year career as recording artists and radio stars on WLS's Barn Dance. Louisville musicians Kathy and Tom Arnold will perform Mac and Bob songs at the American Printing House. Call the APH Museum at 502-899-2213 to sign up for this free activity. On August 1, the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision will hold its next conference call meeting at 8 p.m. on the conference line. The number is 605-475-6006 and the code is 294444. On August 3, 
the American Council of Blind Lions will hold its monthly conference call meeting for lions who are blind and visually impaired from around the country. It's a great chance to share ideas and ways to be involved in local clubs. At 9 p.m. Eastern, call 712-432-3900 and enter code 796096. August 4 and 5 is the Kentucky School for the Blind 72nd Alumni Conference and Reunion at the Ramada Inn, 1041 Zorn Avenue in Louisville. Pre-registration forms and information have been mailed. For further information, room rates, or to receive a packet, call 502-897-1472. On August 6, the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind will hold its committee meetings. Advocacy at 7 p.m., Education, Activities, and Technology, the EAT Committee, at 8 p.m. Call 605-475-6006 and enter code 294444. On August 8th, the Support Alliance of the Visually Impaired, SAVVY, will have its meeting from 1 to 3 p.m. Central Time at the Wing Avenue Baptist Church, 628 Wing Avenue in Owensboro. Call Rick Bogus at 270-684-4418 for more information. On August 9, the KCBPR Membership Committee will meet at 8 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, intercode 294444. August 10 is the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision Support Group meeting in Louisville, 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries, 502-895-4598 for more information. Also on August 10, the Northern Kentucky Council will have its next conference call meeting at 7 p.m. The number is 605-475-4700, enter code 155619. August 11 is a GLCB roundabout, education and technology at 3.30, discussion at 5, dinner $5 per person at 6 p.m., bingo, games and crafts from 7 to 10. At United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, call 895-4598 to sign up. August 12 is the Greater Louisville Council of the Blind August Board Meeting at 11 a.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. August 12 is the Eastern Kentucky Christian Council of the Blind Picnic at the Perry County Park in Hazard, Kentucky. For information and reservations, contact Frank Campbell at 606-693-9360. August 13 is the KCB Next Generation Chapter Meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. August 18 is a GLCB roundabout with education and technology at 3.30, discussion 5 to 6, dinner $5 per person at 6 p.m., and games and crafts until 10. Sign up at 502-895-4598. August 20 is a KSB alumni board meeting at 8 p.m. by conference call, and August 21 is a Kentucky Council of the Blind board meeting at 7.30 p.m. by conference call, both 
on the line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. On August 23, Bluegrass Council of the Blind will have its monthly peer support group meeting from noon to 2 p.m. at the BCB office in Lexington at 1093 South Broadway. Call them at 859-259-1834 for more information. August 24 is the Kentucky Council of Citizens with Low Vision Support Group. It meets from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville. Call 502-895-4598 for more information. And August 25 is another GLCB roundabout with education at 3.30 p.m., discussion at 5, page turners at 5.30, dinner at 6, $5 per person, games and crafts from 7 to 10, at United Crescent Hill Ministries in Louisville, 502-895-4598. And on August 26 is another Bards and Storytellers at the American Printing House for the Blind, 1 to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. For more information, contact the museum at 502-899-2213. On August 28, the Guide Dog Users of Kentuckiana will have its membership call at 7 p.m. by conference line at 605-475-6006, enter code 294444. If you have questions about the Kentucky Council of the Blind or you need information on resources for people with vision loss, call us at 502-895-4598 or email us at kcb at kentucky-acb.org. Sound Prince is a production of the Kentucky Council of the Blind and is heard each week on ACB Radio Mainstream at acbradio.org, Central Kentucky Radio I at radioi.org, and the KCB website at www.kentucky-acb.org. Complete schedule information is also available on the website. Sound Prince is underwritten by the Louisville Downtown Lions Club and by the American Printing House for the Blind. This is Carla Rushable for Soundprints. Have a great week, everybody.